Sentire media. I recently had the great experience of listening to Wondery's Bunga Bunga podcast. That is, the experience that was great was listening to it, not reliving that whole period. It coincided more or less with the moment I started to get interested in politics. Although I don't remember exactly when, I do happen to remember exactly how and why I started to follow politics. The story requires that I introduce three main characters, Professor Chiossi, my friend Chiara and my friend Filippo. Professor Chiossi was our high school English teacher and since I was the American kid, it was about the only subject in which I managed to keep my head above water at the start. Now, before we go any further, let me clarify that I do not have a drop of American blood in my body, but I had just moved back to Italy from the United States, so the association stuck. Professor Chiossi did not, at all, subscribe to the whole wishy-washy, encourage students and nurture them and all that new age wimpy rubbish. She was a woman of steel. I remember, for example, that she told a few of my classmates that they should just give up studying and go and take up farming. My time came when she discovered I knew absolutely nothing about Italian politics. I didn't even know who the Prime Minister or the President of the Republic was, which made her scoff in disgust, and I wanted to go and bury myself out of embarrassment. It was time for me to get a political education. Who to turn to? That's where Chiara and Filippo came in. Chiara was more moderate and well-informed. She read the newspaper every day and had a perfect tactic for getting us out of philosophy tests. She had very quickly understood that our philosophy professor was very easily distracted by current affairs. So, when the time came for oral tests, which in Italy have the unpleasant name of interrogazioni, Chiara would whip out an article on a topic she knew would interest him and that was the lesson hour gone. Filippo was a lot less moderate. One day he showed up at school and he had been to the hairdressers or, or the barbers, or whatever you want to call it. He had some short hair on the top of his head and that was it. All the way round, back and sides, it was shaved off. Nowadays that would be quite stylish. Back then it was just weird. The story was that he had shaved a symbol into the back of his head. When his father had gotten home, he had dragged Filippo back to the hairdressers and had it shaved away. If you looked very closely, however, you could still see the vague outline of a large hammer and sickle, the symbol of communism. So... Spurred on by Professor Chiossi and guided by my friends, I started my education in Italian politics. It was quite a time to do so. The Sicilian Mafia, Cosa Nostra, 
was at the height of its attack on the state, with many high-profile killings, such as those of anti-mafia judges Giovanni Falcone and Paolo Borsellino. The Italian political establishment that had existed since the end of the Second World War was crumbling. Hell, it was shattering under the onslaught of the anti-corruption Mani Pulite, clean hands investigation. The main parties of the history of the Italian Republic, the Christian Democrats and Socialist parties, had basically disintegrated. It was a moment of great hope. Some really thought that a new dawn would come, that we could have swept away a corrupt mastodon of a system. Some Italians, indeed millions, felt that the answer to this moment was one man, Silvio Berlusconi. So, this is a very special uh, episode of the podcast. It uh, was prompted by uh, me listening to the recent podcast by Wondery, Boonga Boonga. And uh, just to clear the air, I have absolutely nothing bad to say about this podcast. It is really well done, well researched, and it is wonderfully narrated by Whitney Cummings. I know she'll never be listening to this, but by any chance, if you are Whitney, you have a new lifelong diehard fan. But it's also an opportunity for me to go back over my personal experience of the Berlusconi years. The program, as I said, is excellent, and it's made some very good choices about what to include and what to exclude. But I can assure you, as far as the 20-year period in which Berlusconi dominated Italian politics goes, there's a lot more to tell, and we're going to talk about some of that today. Now, I'm especially excited today because I have something that I've wanted since the very beginning of the podcast, very jealous of podcasts like Rex Factor and Totalis Rankium. I have a co-host. My co-host today is ex-lawyer and current policeman, as well as my good friend and brother-in-law, Matteo Marconi. Matteo, thank you very much for coming. Buonasera a tutti. In Italian. In Italian, good. So... Bunga Bunga, the uh, show, the show by Wondery, starts uh, in one of the early episodes. It's very much focused on, on Ruby, on Ruby Gate and so on. Uh, in one of the early episodes, though, it, it starts talking about a survey that was done in Italy just before Berlusconi entered politics about who the most simpatico. It's a bit hard to translate. It, it's not, not quite friendly. It's not quite charming. It's a, a bit of a mix of different concepts. So the most popular... Uh, men were, and uh, Berlusconi was number one. Number two was Arnold Schwarzenegger. At the time, uh, we can only imagine it was because at the time uh, Terminator 2 was out. And uh, number three, would you believe it or not, was Jesus, uh, as in Jesus Christ, uh, son uh, of our Lord, part of the Holy Trinity, and so on and, and so forth. And if you remember, Matteo, um, the whole divinity-Jesus thing was a, a, a real sort of staple and important recurring issue 
for our good friend uh, Silvio. Uh, first of all, when he was betrayed in his first experience of government, he came up with the idea that he was the unto del signore. Uh, that would mean the anointed one, and, and that he was he had been betrayed like Jesus. But then there were other uh, moments and other things he said in which he was comparing himself to to Jesus and to the victim and so on. Do you, do you remember some of those, Mattel? But this is quite strange because uh, he was not betrayed by anyone, but he betrayed every one of his friends. Every one of his friends has been convicted, is in jail. And so I think it's quite uh, curious that uh, he assumed this figure of Jesus. And uh, I'd like to translate the thing you said. It was simpatico. Maybe in English we can translate uh, as uh, the life of the party. Yeah, because yeah, he, that's he pretty was, good. Yeah. Just like a party man. Yeah, uh, this is, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was not a politic. He was not an entrepreneur. It was just like a, a man who a party played man. at the party. His success is, uh, grew in parties, in uh, strange parties, uh, with a lot of strange people coming from different areas of uh, Italian uh, background. Yes, 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 yes. Social underground, life. Underground, <laughs> underground, maybe underground. And, and so on. Then Wondery uh, goes on to talk a little bit about the first Berlusconi coalition, so the 1994 Berlusconi coalition, and and they get they get the picture more or less correct. I think maybe we can we can go a bit further in depth because the, the the program seems to leaves us with the idea that sort of uh, the Berlusconi's coalition partners, who uh, Matteo, correct me if I'm wrong, were at the time Alianza Nazionale, so a, a nationalist uh, right wing party, not not extreme right. No, um, no, post-fascist fa- post post. party. But, yeah, post-fascist, but then we have in 1995 the leader of Alianza Nazionale, Gianfranco Fini, had what is called the Svolta di Fuggi. Uh, he tried to, to create a new uh, right-wing party in Italy, but not linked to the, the historical fascist uh, um, regime. But, in fact, uh, he is... Um, his uh, idea was not uh, successful no, because no. Uh, today um, the right uh, party in, in Italy is still linked to old Italian uh, fascism. Which is a shame because Fini could have been the man to introduce a, a sort of, how can we say, institutional right which could have been an acceptable alternative to, to the to the left. But anyway, that he was one of the, the coalition partners, so Gianfranco Fini and his Alianza Nazionale. And the other coalition partner, because um, in the program in, in Bunga Bunga, they say it's different parts of the political spectrum, which is true, although we're not talking the political spectrum as in left and right. There was nobody in the coalition on the left. But it, the, the, the sort of the difference was between Alianza Nazionale, which was a nationalist party, and the Lega, which at the time was still called Lega Nord, which was a regional separatist party. So in the same coalition, you had a party which was for Italy as, as a united country and a party which wanted to basically split it apart. So that was the first coalition. And I don't know if, if you agree, Matteo, but I think that uh, Fini and Bossi, Fini was the leader of Alianza Nazionale, Bossi the leader of uh, the Lega, I don't think they were under any illusion about who they were getting into bed with, who they were... Uh, I don't think they, they were sort of shocked by uh, how things went with Berlusconi. It was just an attempt to see how things went. I don't know. Do you... 
they choose the right uh, horse. Yeah, they the bet race. on the right they horse. They bet on the horse yeah. and the right horse and, yeah. the, and the race. But they knew this wouldn't last. This couldn't last that long because they were so different. Uh, the party, the um, bossy party, also called uh, um, Lega Nord per la Independenza della Padania. They they fought to be to have North Italy. Uh, as an, an independent state from uh, from Italy. Yeah. Although this state Padania, nobody really knew where the borders no. were. Or... I didn't know what Padania was until uh, <laughs> 1994. Yeah, or when the Lega started in the... Padania is the, the valley of the, the river Po, but nobody call, called this place Padania until yeah. that year. It, it was a, a concept invented uh, by the Invented, Lega. but not, not, uh, nobody talked about this. And, and since that year, we... We, went, we began to think about North Italy and Padania, but uh, no, it was a concept that we didn't uh, understand. Yeah, I don't think even the Lega actually ever knew where the borders of Padania. I mean, is Tuscany in it? Is it not? Are we in it? Are we? I mean, we're south the, of the The borders Pope. were uh, <laughs> changing uh, uh, upon opportunities. Yes, if you yes, made yes. the boat uh, under the river Po, you, you, it was Padania, it was everywhere, Padania, yeah. everywhere. It could have been Tunisia could have been part yes. of it if they had voted for. Until now, Padania is uh, all Italy because the leader of uh, Lega Nord, uh, who is no longer Le- which is no longer Lega Nord now, yes, eh? is now a, a nationalist party, is, um, and Padania has been dismissed by this leader by Salvini. By you Salvini, Matteo Salvini. Yes, we've spoken about him in the podcast a, a couple of times. Indeed, when the time came for Berlusconi to have his first trouble with uh, our justice system, not, not Berlusconi, but I think it was his brother Paolo who was first indicted, who received what we call in Italy his uh, avviso di garanzia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matteo, as an ex-lawyer, tell us very quickly, what is an avviso di garanzia? Um, avviso di garanzia is uh, the moment the, the, the magistrate, the magistrate or, or police inform you that there's a, a trial, there's, a, there's an, investigation. an investigation about uh, your person, mm-hmm. and they show you the proof the proof, the elements you have to uh, dis- you have to discuss in the in the court, mm-hmm. so, because you have to be when when uh, this arviso garantia is been not noticed. Uh, yeah, to you, uh, it's been notified. Yeah, maybe you need uh, you have to be, to um, have an interrogation, or uh, you must assume some proof in, in on the trail on a trail mm-hmm. with a judge, with lawyers, and uh, public prosecutors. So this this kind of uh, uh, notice, okay. Mm-hmm gives you information that you have to go in, in on you have to go to court and you, court have, and to you have to defend yourself, defend yourself against from, this proof against this, this proof, the, these allegations, allegations we, we, yes. we would say yeah. and indeed it was uh, bossy in particular that uh, we could say pulled the plug on the first Berlusconi government when he noticed that uh, things were not going uh, Berlusconi's way uh, that the the Avviso di garanzia, the, the indictment of his brother was one thing, then an indictment for uh, Silvio himself would, would come soon. And then there was the attempt to start with the what, what are called now leggi ad personam, so laws for one person, laws for himself, basically. And, and one of the first which sort of shocked and, and, and he was forced to uh, withdraw was the attempt to get rid of what was called custodia cautelare, so a temporary uh, imprisonment, let's say, or, ca- or cautionary imprisonment. He tried to make this um, attempt to, um, for, the, for the people who have been uh, um, on the tri- trial for corruption, 
for this person, this law uh, inhibits, okay, inhibits the the custody. Um, for only this this kind of uh, for corruption. So basically, yeah. if you're corrupt and you're under investigation before uh, the attempt to pass this law, you you were you were put in prison, so you couldn't you could get rid of the proof and so on. And Berlusconi tried to yes. get these people out. You and could say. very strange thing is that legi ad personam from one person. Berlusconi didn't uh, in Italy. We can't do uh, a law for a person, obviously. But in the, in the right time, he chose the right. Uh, laws that um, are useful for his uh, purposes. Yeah, for his personal... There, there are not laws at personam, yeah. but uh, there are right laws in the right moment. Yeah, we could say there were laws for everyone, but conveniently in that moment, especially for him. And nobody need, needed them in that moment. Well, nobody, let's say, unless and, you were an important businessman who was under and, investigation. Unless but. you were Berlusconi, <laughs> nobody needed exactly, his law exactly. in this moment. Yeah. And, and that was one of the things, one of the, the stories of the Berlusconi era, that what he was doing was to defend honest Italians against a politicized magistrature, isn't it? That was one of the stories that, that, uh, that he tried to pass, you know, that... Uh... I think it was the first in Italy that talked about the, this problem, because uh, uh, there, are, there, are, there are always been um, process against uh, politicians in Italy, but this... He, it, he, he had a new uh, narration of this of this uh, problem. Uh, he, he began to talk about polit ma magistrates and politics, and this kind of narration had a, had a, had a strong catch on people. Yeah, it had an impact. Yeah. Because uh, um, since then, the history of the trials in Italy is, in, in, uh, is um, interpreted by uh, a politic way. Uh, you, you look every um, inquiry. Yeah, very inquiry, investigation. Uh... By a political view. So if, they, if the magistrates uh, began to inquire against the uh, left-wing uh, left party... Then uh, they were right-wing. Uh, and, and... and so on. This, this kind of narration began then and, and is useful now. Yeah. Which, which is one of, also the, one of the very, very sad things about our recent history because we had that moment. I, I spoke about it sort of in the... In the introduction, which which we really could have seen a nation reborn, which was Mani Pulita, the, the clean hands investigation, which, which could have sort of swept away all those all that corruptist and empire did, you know, destroyed two of the main uh, political parties that had dominated Italian politics. But we really had a chance to to create a, a good new country, and even that story now has turned into an attempt by a politicized group of magistrates to try and block uh, these good, honest entrepreneurs who were trying just to do their job. And it's very, very sad how that narration for a certain uh, part of the, the political establishment, but also of the electorate, has, has come out. It's, it's uh, one of the tragedies of our recent... It's a, it's a tragedy and a paradox, because in the beginning, Manipulita was the chance to destroy the old regime. And two main party and Democratic Christiana and uh, the Socialist Party have been uh, swept away by these uh, magistrates. Yeah. Uh, but in, in the end, what happened? That uh, Silvio Berlusconi needed to replace the old uh, regime who have been swept, swept away by this uh, inquiry, and 
and, and began to take place of the old regime party as the Democratia Cristiana and the powerful um, interests that are beside these old parties mm -hmm. and decided that Berlusconi was the new man and, in, and there was a sort of investment of Berlusconi as the new man who can substitute these old parties and Manipulative in uh, began is a, is a great chance to to become a leader, and uh, without Manipulita we, we we wouldn't have had Berlusconi. We wouldn't have. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, true. We, we, so we, it's uh, quite strange because <laughs> it is apparently you're right. It I never, was the best chance and uh, the worst. Chance <laughs> I've never it. I've never thought about it that way. Yeah, yeah, no, it's totally true because if if we still had. Uh, a DC, a Democracia Cristiana, a socialist party, but Berlusconi would have stayed uh, running his business, uh, taking care of his things because he would have had the political. Protection. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. The... Anyway, so the first Berlusconi government falls because of this attempt, this decreto biondi, the biondi decree, which was the one that tried to take the um, temporary custody away from corruption laws. And then we have um, in Italian politics. The figure of the Presidente della Repubblica, so the President of the Republic, entering and becoming important. because, And this is one of the, perhaps the only little uh, error that the Bunga Bunga podcast makes. Um, it's a technicality, so it doesn't take anything away from the podcast. But they, they speak of Berlusconi as head of state. Uh, Berlusconi was never... Uh, head of state. He still may make it, who knows, but, you know, they may turn around and decide to make him president of the Republic. But uh, in Italy, the president of the Republic is generally, for if, if the government is working and, and uh, ha still has a strong majority, is more of a figurehead, a representative. However, when it comes time to decide who to assign uh, the, the, how can we say, the task of, of forming a government to it is the President of the Republic. So at this point, the President of the Republic at the time, i.e. end of 94, who was uh, Oscar Luigi Scalfaro, uh, stepped in and uh, we had what is known particularly on the right as the ribaltone, uh, which means, how can we say, the, the, the flip. Uh, upside down. Yeah, <laughs> the, 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 the wrong way around, the upside down, the flip. No reference to... Um, to stranger things, although sometimes in that period it was a bit like living in an alternative <laughs> universe or an alternative reality. And, um, and so Scalfaro steps in and, and he assigns basically the, the, the task of forming a new government to, to the centre-left, which uh, obviously from the point of view of, of the lecturers of the right could have seen could have been seen as a, as a betrayal of the vote. However, we must always remember that in Italy we do not elect a president, we do not elect... We do not elect a government, we elect a parliament. Not then, the, nor the prime minister. Nor the prime minister. We, we don't elect. So we elect a parliament and it's up to then the, the president of the republic to sift through, to have a look at that parliament and see uh, what forces can form a stable government. And so that very, very quickly and briefly closes phase one of the Berlusconi experience because uh, Berlusconi's uh, experience lasted six months and he didn't actually... Uh, leave power until the following January, but that was that was it for the moment for Berlusconi. In the next episode, we'll have a look at the '96 election in which Berlusconi lost, and then we'll go to the 2001-2005 second and perhaps most important Berlusconi government. Thanks very much to everyone for listening today. Thanks in particular to my lovely Patreon supporters, 
the first half of the Margarita Hack and Galileo Galilei supporters, Anthony G, Brian J, Celine, Chanel, Chris, David L, Dean, Douglas, Elizabeth, Greg, Ignacio, Jeffrey M, Jeffrey W, Old John in Milwaukee, and Kevin. Shout out to the rest next week. And of course, the Maria Montessori and Dante Alighieri level, Paolo, Lisa K, JW, Andrew M, Brandon S, Maxime, David, and Sen. Thank you, thank you, one and all. Remember, you can get in touch. Hello at ahistoryofitaly.com. If you have any questions, any comments, any criticisms, or just to say hello and tell me how the weather is wherever you are. At the same URL, ahistoryofitaly.com, you can click through to our social media. We are on Facebook and Twitter and starting to do a little bit of activity on Instagram. Or you could go to our resources page and have a look at timelines and maps to see if it can help navigate our country's complicated history. You can also go to our support page where you can become a Patreon supporter and have access to new content. In the next episode of News Cappuccino, for example, I'll be talking about unusual Italian political parties such as the Party of Love. You can also support on PayPal if you are so inclined. Thanks once again to everyone very much for listening and until next time, arrivederci. Sentire Media Hey podcast producers and show hosts, do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy, and we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.